Rackhouse Whiskey Club podcast here with Matthew Bauer, the general manager at Treaty Oak Distillery down in Dripping Springs, Texas. Um, we're finally glad to get this thing back off and rolling after our technical difficulties last time. Um, but thanks for coming back on, Matt. Yeah, Danny, it's good to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yeah. As I, I was... See, I- I got to see Sam since uh, we last talked. Yeah, so that was cool. That was awesome. Um, and it sounds like he had as good of a time this time as he did the last time. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite. Uh, I was quite jealous when I was getting those text messages uh, of him with all of you guys because, as we were just discussing on our second technical difficulty, uh, you know, and I was telling Sam, I was reminding him that we had the half of the podcast started. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I said, yeah, we had some technical difficulties. And he's like, I, you know, do you really call that a technical difficulty if we were halfway drunk? And I was like, yeah, that's true. I'm not <laughs> sure uh, because that was one of the best times that we've had at a distillery for sure. I mean, to, to let the listeners know, we were at the distillery for, I don't know, three or four hours, maybe a little bit longer. Got there at yeah. nine o'clock or so and ended up coming back and staying till two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was it was a total probably like ten hours out on the property that day. Yeah. It, was a, it was a fun day. Yeah, ten, twelve hours. Did how about so the Iowa Legendary Rise got guys got down there too? I hear. Yeah, they were there on last uh, Sunday, two days ago. Yeah, they were down there talking to Daniel. Um, he was showing them around, tasted their five, five of their products. Yeah, he did five on the five bottles on the table. Yeah, that's awesome. I had no idea that they were down there until uh, Heath texted me and he said some really good things about you guys and. And, uh, and, and mutual, those, those are, it's always cool to see different distilleries. That's the thing about this industry is, is everybody pretty much gets along pretty well. I mean, there's not, there's, it's, it's a big enough pie for everybody to eat off of. And you take, uh, bits and pieces of what certain people do and, and, uh, how they make their whiskeys and the process and the, even the locations and stuff like that. And being able to work out, uh, you know, collaborations for the future or whether it be tips and how they do things it's pretty it's a pretty awesome place to be i've never seen anything that was cutthroat by any standards no it, it this industry as far as the alcohol wise goes i think it's a little different on uh, once you get into the beer side there's still some collaborations there but it's a little bit more competition as far as when it goes into the craft beer side of stuff right. uh craft alcohol right now is still pretty um everyone we all pretty much get along with everyone um Obviously, vodka isn't our favorite, so that's something. But uh, whiskey, whiskey, we're trying to all share um, share knowledge as much as we possibly can, and and just try to uh, grow the industry as much as we possibly can because it's always been kind of done in one particular way, and so to be able to do it differently than it has been always done is definitely what, something that we're really focused on. No, that's you know what, and that's exactly kind of why we wanted to start Rackhouse, and it's awesome to be to know that and to find people who have, you know, similar aspirations. I mean, one way that you guys are getting that done, not necessarily from the actual product, uh, the tasting standpoint, I guess it does go into all that sort of stuff. I guess when I think about it is that is all the experiences and backgrounds that all the people that are involved at Treaty Oak at the distillery have. Um, I know that uh, the last time we did a podcast together, Carter was there, Courtney was there. You guys have got what Cambridge University grads, Israeli uh, defense forces guys, uh, you, you name it. It just seems like an insane background of people that are all in one location 
that uh, you'd see, you, it, it's almost like if you told someone that all these different groups and backgrounds from people all over the world would get together in a small town in, in Texas and make whiskey, you'd, it would be hard to imagine, but it did. Yeah, it kind of blows me away when I think about it like that. It, like you brought up, uh, Ezra, Israeli disforce guy, um, defense disforce guy, uh, Courtney, a Cambridge brat, grad, uh, Jason, he was down in Houston, a geotechnical engineer for 10 years and then up and quit his job and decided he wanted to brew beer. Uh, we have, uh, Tony, uh, um, he's moving into our sales force now, but he, he was, uh, an army vet. We have, uh, Justin, who are pretty much our head chef now. He's an army vet. Um, so there's definitely a, a wide variety of, uh, background history and it, it all comes together and, and we're built, building a really cool product. And I, I think one of the cool things that really we do get to experience with having all those different backgrounds is the different ideas and mentalities that do come to the forefront there. And, and really it's cool to see how many different ideas we can come up with and, and which direction we end up choosing to go with. Yeah. Well, that's, it's also interesting that you guys are able to, um, do all that experimentation and trying different things out. You know, a lot of distilleries don't have that ca- those capabilities uh, to be able to bring together these ideas and try something. You know, I love I love the story. Is it Ghost Hill that was created by accident, or was it a gin? So our gin, our antique the gin, antique was gin. By accident. Yeah, that's a great oh. story. I mean, I I love to hear that sort of stuff. Can you tell that. Uh, yes. Yeah, so actually. One of our head brewer, our distillers, was uh, a little hungover one morning when he came into work, and thought he was putting a clear rum into a, a brand new American oak barrel, and it was our gin. So it was close to almost a year later uh, that we were we decided we we figured it out like a day or two later that it was gin, but we decided to just leave it in the barrel. So about a year later, we started to try to taste the stuff. And absolutely started loving the taste. And so since then, we've started to age our gin anywhere from two to three years. I think we might even have one that's a four-year-old gin. As far as we know, that's like the oldest in the world. Um, but we really love the flavor profiles that have come from that American oak barrel. That The floral notes of the gin really play along with um, the vanilla and the smokiness and that tobacco-ness, the tobacco-ness of the, of the oak barrel. And it, it really is nice. That's awesome. No, I see. That's what I mean by that is – is uh, I mean, do, do you know? Is there anything else in there that hasn't been uh, that's been kind of forgotten about? <laughs> so there's there's a few things that, that we kind of got going on really cool right now. One of the things is our graveyard series. We actually barrel buried uh, six barrels, um, and we're trying to see. Well, obviously we know that it's going to age a lot slower. Uh, it's about seven feet underground. It's going to age a lot slower than the barrels that we have that we barreled on that same day. And we put into our into our rick house, but we do want to see what notes it'll bring. If the soil will give it any flavors, if if anything comes from the dirt around it and gives it more of that earthy flavor than uh, than the barrels that we have in our rick house will. Um, we also want to see, obviously, the colors can be lighter than our rick house ones, but just to see and kind of get a ground floor of of what we could start doing with experimenting stuff on putting stuff underground. Um, at Jefferson's does, they put all of their stuff on, on shipping containers and send them across the whole, the whole world. And yeah. part of their aging process is that whole sloshing around of the whiskey in the barrel and then getting the salt water and all of those flavors and everything and seeing what changes. Yeah. 
So it's really cool to do experiments like that. Um, I'm kind of looking, we're doing, uh, I think it's five special releases for, um, for Black Friday coming up here. So we're going to be doing, you know, uh, we've have done a, um, a port finished red handed. We've done a, uh, a couple of beers that we distilled, um, the, the waste from beers. Um, just cool stuff along that line that we've kind of experimented with. So yeah, I, I tried a Porter whiskey the other day. It was fantastic. Uh, we have an IPA one that's that's decent. The the bitterness of the IPA for me is a little too much, but that porter one's really nice and sweet and smooth. Now, so there's I, some, I, some some fun stuff like that. Yeah. So talk about uh, for for folks who might not know the what the, what's the difference between what what makes it a porter. So a porter uh, is uh, going to be a, a darker beer. So mm-hmm. it's going to use darker malts, get that chocolatey flavor, the coffee flavor, uh, the even some toffiness in there. So then. After uh, the beer is made from that, the fermentation has already happened. We'll take either th- that beer there and then uh, we'll distill that. And from that, we'll, we'll get a, a whiskey or some, sometimes a scotch, depending on the, the exact um, wheat and mash bill that the beer used. But it, you get these funky flavors from – so the porter has you know those, those dark, chocolatey, malty notes. And, and you can taste a little bit of sweetness towards the end of the uh, – end of the uh, end of the whiskey which is really cool hmm. we also just uh, uh uh just tried a beer the other day it's it was an ipa aged in one of our antique gin in one of our gin barrels so it's really unique um having those kind of floral notes match and then in there with an ipa it, it was really funky hmm. now who uh it can can anybody just kind of uh can anybody come in and say, "Let's, I want to try this and do it"? How's that work? As far as like uh, us on property, everyone, all the workers are pretty much given a lot of free reign to do a lot of different projects. Everything is. We definitely love to run everything by Daniel, but he gives us a lot of free reign to do experiments and stuff. Um, I mean, like this past week, I just asked Phil, our, our head of research and development guy, to admit to make us a blue carasu for a drink for this weekend and got some bitter orange in and distilled some blue carasu. So, you know, it's stuff like that. We just, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, got tons of the cores uh, coming down. He He's working on one. He wants to do a bourbon cream. Uh, so just, yeah, there's, so there's a lot of different cool experiments and projects going around the whole property. Um, and it is very, we do have a lot of free reign. And, and we're trying to do a lot of stuff with uh, a lot of cool distilleries and, and breweries that we do like around uh, Texas and around the country as well. Yeah, no, that's 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 really cool. That, let's talk about uh, the Ghost Hill Bourbon. That's kind of uh, the love child right now uh, that, that you guys have. That's completely. It's everything is sourced from Texas and distilled in Texas, and uh, that seems to be something that's is that kind of rare in Texas, considering the climate and uh, the where you are located. So as far as we uh, no, as far as we know, we are the fourth oldest distillery in all of Texas. So d- distilling in Texas is very new. Yeah. Um, I, what was I think Tito's was, I want to say ninety nine or ninety eight. So with only within the last like twenty to twenty two years, I think it was legalized twenty three years ago. So before that, it was illegal. So it's definitely all new here, and and we are trying to. Um, there's been a lot of connotations against texas whiskey as far as people bringing it in put slapping their own label label on it and saying it's their own so before we got the ghost hill aged and to the proper 
to where we wanted it and we felt like we were comfortable with the flavors, uh, we were sourcing our, one of our whiskeys and we called it Red Handed. And we wanted to be brutally transparent about that. And that's why we call it Red Handed. We were caught Red Handed. Uh, so now our ghost hill is coming into fruition and it's now anywhere from – we normally our oldest – We'll blend three to four barrels, and the oldest would be about three and a half, four years, maybe five years. Old, the youngest being two and a half, three. Um, and so, like Danny was just saying, 95% of all the grains for this bourbon is coming from Texas. Um, we really want to be sustainable in our all of our products. And with this comes, we're, we just partnershiped with a guy named James Brown. Uh, he won a James Beard Award for uh, grains hmm. in uh, here in America. So he is building a, a grain mill on our property. We've sold him two and a half acres. So literally, uh, the, our sustainability, our, our, our footprint is going to be so small because it's going to go right from this grain mill on property to our mash tun and, and into our whiskey. So it's really awesome, and we're trying to really push that. And we're also with that, we're also using the top-of-the-line grain. So it's all like food-grade grains, and, and it's really, really exciting stuff. Wow. So James Brown is that is is he making it in Texas right now currently? Yeah, so he has a he has a he does all of his milling of his grains right here in Texas and has a has a has everything here, but uh we partnered with him and kind of make this really interesting partnership of having this little uh mill grain mill on our property and being able to he's going to do some bread for us as well um and then also do a bunch of st- cool things with possibly doing some stuff with um some more scotch focused stuff with changing up the mash tons and so using a little bit more wheat than rye and stuff like that yeah that's awesome you see you sold two and a half acres to them you get how how big is the property that you guys have on there it's a pretty big place yeah it's about 30 acres so uh there's still plenty of acres to go um lots of room for activities we have a giant property. So we have a restaurant on there that we call Alice's Restaurant. Uh, we have our cocktail lab. We have a food truck. We have our, our Rickhouse bar. We have our distillery. And then we have our Rickhouse where we're actually keeping all of our barrels as well. We plan to have one or two more of those up here soon. Uh, we just got in our continuous column still last week, and it's going in right now. So we will be producing about I think 13 or 14 barrels of whiskey a day now. Right now we're at two to four. So it'd be a big increase in barrels. So we definitely need more space to start saving all of our barrels. Yeah. And we'll call it a rack house for this this conversation. Okay. Rack house. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> We've gotten uh, so many of those questions online wondering to you know what, what you call it. And I said it's the same thing. It just depends on where you are, whether you call you spell whiskey with a I-E or a Y or – um, you know, or a, not an IE, but an EY, I should say. Jesus. Um, yeah. But, uh, so Al, you can't, we can't, we can't mention Alice's restaurant, not mention Alice. I think, uh, she's, uh, when we were, we were joking about it when we were down there, but that, uh, we, we called Daniel the owner, but Alice really runs the place, <laughs> you know, she, she, uh, she's the mother. She's all of our mothers too. Um, she definitely takes care of all of us. I had, had a little issue with my shoulder and she called me the next day and she's like, Matthew, are you okay? She, uh, she looks out for all of us. And so we we're going through this change in our restaurant where we're going with a little bit more, I'd say upscale counter service and the fair, the food will be more Southern, it, Southern fairs, but a little bit elevated, I would call it. 
And so while we were going through all this, um, we thought of Alice. She had a restaurant in Texas for about 30, 40 years with a little motel connected to it. And she made a famous, her famous thing was chicken fried steak. So we have her recipe of the chicken fried steak on our menu. And we're going through the options of renaming the restaurant. Uh, it was Ghost Hill, but we didn't like the confusion of having a bourbon and the restaurant. Yeah. So we're going through name ideas and name changes. And we came up with uh, calling it Alice's Restaurant. And now when we told her it was probably the sweetest thing in the world, she thought we were joking. And then uh, she finally saw the menus and it said Alice's Restaurant on top of it. And she started crying and oh, it was awesome. really adorable. That's awesome. She's an adorable lady. And uh, heck, I, I felt like I've known her my whole life when we were there. She walked me to she walked me to our car and gave us showing us pictures of of, uh, of Daniel and, and all. I mean, it was uh, it was kind of like I was at a family reunion when we were there. I was just kind of shocked about and then and we talked about it, too, kind of. In private, uh, I mean, it could have been at one o'clock in the morning, just about, you know, how everybody, not everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, but a large group of Americans show up at work every day and not really, you know, like what they're doing or like where they're at. And, you know, when I was down there, it was just kind of hard for me to, to fathom, even though I love what I do. And it's, but to, to show up at a distillery with a group of people that you have every day and with Alice, it's kind of funny that. You, you kind of got to pinch yourself to think somebody's getting paid for this stuff, you know, and uh, having the <laughs> freedom to do the stuff that you had. That's rare, man. It's it's the biggest family. Um, we are a giant family out there, and it really shows through in the passion of everyone's work and how, I mean, most people are there well over their 40 hours a week if their salary and and it, it's not it's never been brought up as an issue. Yeah. Uh, People huh. are passionate and they love what they're doing. And they love we love the people that we're doing it with. So it makes it really easy to be out there. It does. I mean, heck, you guys even showed up. I don't know what the way we got there, like nine nine thirty. You know, typically there's you know three or four people, uh, which is great. Every place is different. Um, but we were shocked when we showed up and there's like thirteen people there um, already with uh, with different tastings and. I looked around at Sam and I'm like, man, this is only it's only 9 a.m. and I've already had like five or six drinks. We've got a long day ahead of us, and uh, but it didn't feel that way. I mean, my gosh, we had some of the greatest food, man. Um, you know, I loved that area with the food that we stayed in, um, but then that place is certainly some of the best that we've had. You know, how many? Um, obviously this is a full blown restaurant for people who are listening. Like it's, it's, a it's, there's a lot of people who visit, uh, Treaty Oak, um, so for the restaurant and for the whiskey. Um, but, but right now, like, so what's the busiest time of the year? Is that in the fall? I would say, so I would say right now, probably in Texas, we've been getting nice weather. It's the second weekend of February, third weekend of February. And then from that, from then until Memorial day. Uh, that's probably our biggest, busiest, what's that, three, four months. Mm -hmm. and, and then normally September, October, November into December, three and a half months. Um, but this past, I mean, we've had so much rain down here in, in Texas recently that that does kind of uh, hinder us a little bit. We do have this big property, so uh, it is a destination. So people like to have a beautiful day when they're going out there, but it we still have a lot to offer, even when it does rain. Now we got the restaurant, we have the cocktail lab that's all closed off. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say springtime. Uh, those three, four months in springtime—February, March, April, May. 
it's it, it's crazy out there. Now, since you brought up the rain, that got that gets me thinking about what we were talking about previously. Is those those the graveyard series, those barrels that are in the ground? Did you? Uh, I imagine that that rain's going to affect uh, you know what soaks into that wood, which is you know good or I don't know if it is good or bad. It's just it's what it is. How long do you guys plan on keeping those in the ground? Uh, so it's been one year so far. So we did it uh, Halloween of last year, mm. uh, and we plan to take it out. Uh, we've started to market a little bit already just uh talking here and there with uh bartenders and friends and stuff i was talking to a guy that that uh is a bartender up in dallas and he was like all right i'm in just i'll be there that day to buy a bottle we're only gonna i think we'll have 100 150 bottles that will be selling just from the property that day so um it's i'm really intrigued to see what the flavors are going to be um i'm not sure yet there is a, there's clay out there. There's different the soil. There's limestone. So I, I'm I'm extremely intrigued as as you are, and and I rain will uh, help it give it more flavor. Yeah, I would, I'd wonder. Does anybody check on them to make sure that the wood is like everything's staying together? Or how, or how did you ever talk about that? So we we reinforce all the barrels uh, and made sure they're they're really well well made and and could be could take the damage. Um, but we're not checking on them. We don't want to touch them. We don't want to change anything. We're going to leave them until two years and see what happens. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's a good idea. I mean, uh, I know that there's some barrels that are hidden somewhere in some fields in Iowa, um, that were, that were put down there over a hundred years ago. I couldn't imagine really? finding one of those things. Yes. And, uh, I don't, uh, we, you know, the big question is, is how they, how they're going to hold up. And it sounds like what, what happens is the alcohol that has, um, that, that that's in the barrel helps to decrease some of the bacterial, um, you know, decay that that could occur or any bugs getting in or anything like that. So there's also that too, that could be at play. Um, that's the first that's thing I thought of, but I guess the alcohol helps. Mm hmm. Make a lot of sense, especially if it's a higher proof, and that would definitely help from any uh, any form of bacteria forming. Yeah, or uh, evaporation. You're you're gonna have. Le- I mean, if it's underground, I would think you would have less of that. I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I th- or- I think with the with the the soil temperature pretty much being the same, more or less, uh, it's a the wide uh, the range of um, temperature change you're gonna have is way less, and the humidity is way less. So I do believe uh, the evaporation will be a lot less as well. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a good hypothesis. Hmm. That's awesome. So, so the the bottles that'll be in the uh, in the rack in the rack house whiskey club box this Christmas coming up. We hope it'll be a uh, a real. I mean, with Christmas coming up, it should be a real big seller. These are only currently the Ghost Hill. Where where can you currently get that at? So Ghost Hill, we're in eight states now. So mm-hmm. Texas. Illinois, Michigan, uh, Kentucky, Georgia, Florida, Louisiana, and Tennessee. So not many places. No. So Um, that was our first. So we just launched nationally into those seven other states. We were obviously in Texas. Uh, The plan was to go ahead and possibly push forward with some, uh, some more states this coming 2019, which we definitely will be. Um, but we've had so much success in those states that we have gone into that we're going to possibly wait 
to push into newer states and uh, focus on the success that we are having in those states. So is it spread out throughout these states or you just got them in a few places? It, it's spread out for uh, – spread out for a lot of the states for, I mean, obviously we hit the major cities first, Mm -hmm. but it's spreading out throughout the whole um, state, through all the states. Pretty saturated. That's good. So there's a lot of, uh, so a lot of people are wanting it because it's, it's, it's really good. The other one that's going to be is the red handed, correct? Yeah. The the red handed, right. Or the red handed, just the red handed bourbon. And we will, uh, yeah, that one's uh, sourced from uh, Davis Valley and OZ Tyler, uh, One's out of Virginia, one's out of Kentucky, coming in at a two and a four year old uh, whiskey. We bring it in the property, and normally we let it hang out on the property anywhere from six months to a year, and, and make our own blend out of it. And uh, this one's gonna have a little bit more of a higher rye content, uh, but it's smooth. It's extremely smooth. Really nice drinking. We're excited about that. Um, and uh, I guess what was the last little question that I had was is the events that take place on that distillery. Um, it, you told me when we were down there, you'd have, you know, at times thousands of people uh, that'll be around there with music going on, and it's a heck of a place. You know, it, it, trying to get a sense to get people to go down there, um, what's kind of the visualization that, that I see is just thousands of people around there having drinks, um, but you're still kind of a new distillery. So you're hitting this as a, more of an experience, uh, than you are necessarily just a, a, a small distillery. Yeah, it, it's a little bit of both. I think I think it's the experience for the people that are coming in from you know outside of Texas and coming in that have heard of us, or people that are in Austin and come out and see us. I think it's an experience for them. But then I think we are also creating this um, this this whole environment mentality of people that live around us locally, that they come out and they're our regulars and they, and they have an experience in something they really love and, and the food's great and, and they love the drinks and the whiskey. And we do have a few beers that we serve on property. So it's definitely a wide variety of, of people that we are getting out there. Now you talk, you brought up some events. Um, so throughout the fall, I mean, we have our anniversary party. Uh, normally um, it's either this last weekend in September or first weekend in October. We have a, a Halloween party in the fall. We do a Black Friday. We do sales. Uh, we don't really have an event then. It's just more to give people uh, – we, we market it as uh, give people a break from all the craziness in the stores and the lines. Um, we, we're doing a Festivus party this year for Christmas. Uh, during the, in the spring, we have, a, we have our Kite Fest, and then we have a Memorial Day um, event, and then we also have a Tiki Fest. So we got three big parties in the fall. That uh, kite fest last year was one of the biggest days ever. I'd say there's six or seven thousand people out on the property with kites. It was absolutely probably one of the prettiest days. About 70, 78 degrees, and it was just perfect. Um, a kite festival. Yeah, That's it's awesome. it's a big thing it's down a great here. Good idea, Texas. is it? Because the wind yeah. or or what? Yeah, I don't know. I'd never heard of it too. It's being from uh, in New York, but it's a big thing down here. Uh, kite festivals, and you just go, and they all fly kite. Uh, bunch of kids fly or adults fly kites dude i love i mean i love flying kites too i mean you you can never it's one of those things that uh it's like playing with legos hell i i love legos and uh it's not a little kid's thing i think the same thing was with flying kites yeah you can't you can't outgrow you can't outgrow flying kites and you've got plenty of space to do that as well i bet that was a pretty cool sight um it's it was really cool i think that at one point i looked out there's probably 100 150 kites so i mean at the end of the day it's not really all about the kites it's more about just people having something to come out and do we normally bring out um 
uh, another food truck. And then we had, I think we had face painting and then we did, uh, we had a cigar, uh, trailer out there. So a little bit of something for everyone. Crazy. Cool. Um, now did you, did you guys, uh, submit anything to any whiskey festivals? We have not really, uh, not to my knowledge. Yeah. Uh, wait, that's a lie. I know. Yes. We just got graded on a few different whiskey sites. I forget <coughs> exactly where we just came in with, um, Three nineties with for all of the uh, bourbons. Yeah, I did see I did see nineties on one bourbon review type of site, and I also saw um, who is a, he's a guy who's a well known bourbon review guy uh, and taster on Instagram. He might be some other places, but he's got thirty something thousand followers, and he rated that was the highest rated uh, bourbon that he's ever given was to the Ghost Hill. Um, I thought wow. Uh, you know, and I think maybe you guys saw that as well. Um, yeah, but that, uh, yeah. good I stuff coming your way. One. Yeah, good stuff coming your way. You guys obviously know what you're doing. Uh, you know, that's that's that was that was pretty apparent when we were down there. And uh, it's awesome again how uh, experimentations can work. You know, we could talk when I when I try to hit down on like what's the story. You know, which is obviously what we try to do at Rack House. It's like a there's a multitude of different things, you know. Each it seems to me like each individual person that's at this distillery has their own story that makes the distillery's story because of you know just how many you know like we already we already talked on the variety of people that are there and uh, you know you guys kind of hit into everything. Um, I know Daniel obviously was the founder. Uh, we talk a lot. We we talk mostly with you. Um, but obviously he's got to have similar backgrounds in order to accept these types of, you know, he's not too controlling. I could see this becoming a problem with, if, if a person that owns this place has a, has a control issue, uh, which obviously is not, is not occurring, which is just awesome to see. But going back on that story side, it's kind of everything. I mean, I know Ghost Hill, uh, we, we've kind of touched on that a little bit on what that story is about. Treaty Oak is obviously... You know, a story in and of itself that Carter talked about in depth uh, in some of the videos that we've done. Uh, you know, well, I guess we could touch on that real quick. As far as the the, the oak was, the, the treaty oak was poisoned. Uh, it's a very famous tree in Texas. There was a grove of them. Um, it's obviously your guys' story. I shouldn't be telling it, but the, you know, the overall story of the distillery when you're there is a multitude of things. Would you agree? It's 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 incredibly so, there's so many different levels. Um, you talk about Daniel's story and him being a sommelier for you know for a while and then wanted to do something different and changed it up. Um, and then you you talk about I, the, the two army vets that we have and their story of Tony was in Hawaii and he moved to uh, Texas and he started working at the distillery. Justin was in the army and then uh, he, he became a chef and he's worked for some pretty prestigious chefs and started working for us and doing some amazing stuff with our food program. Um, and really got some really cool, interesting uh, stories and personalities. Uh, Phil's our research and development guy and he, he's one of the smartest people I, I've talked to when it comes to the, the intricacies of the scientific stuff that actually goes into distilling. And um, that's really kind of one of the cooler things right now is that whole science side of the distilling that we're going into and, and not just that traditional way, how it's always been done. Hmm. 
No, um, that's amazing I, that you can have but, those resources, man. Yeah. And then like going into, into Alice, I mean, she had her restaurant for the longest time and Daniel grew up in the, in the service, in the hospitality industry. So this was not too far off from him. And now we're taking it and, uh, this restaurant has kind of come full circle and she's got Alice's restaurant now. So it's a, there's a lot of really, really cool stories and mm. it's just about us trying to keep doing what we love and we're passionate about. Yeah. Well, you keep a, your, your, as far as brand goes, it's, there's not even a confusion with all these stories coming around. You guys do a great job of telling, uh, like right now I was looking at your website, this beautiful art, uh, this Louis de Guzman blind barber takeover. I mean, you're always doing something different, and you're doing it at the highest levels. Um, you know, I don't know who made this thing. Was it? Was that Courtney? So that's actually that that artist there, Louis de Guzman. Uh, so one of our really good uh, employees, Mary Scala, has been up in Chicago. That's where she was born and uh, raised, and she had moved up there to help us launch the brand into Chicago. And it's kind of gotten us going with some amazing partnerships. One of them being Louis de Guzman, and he painted a bunch of our bottles mm. um and they're absolutely incredible the artwork's absolutely incredible so we're doing an event with him this saturday actually uh and so we're gonna have some of this artwork and then a bartender from a bar named blind barbara out of chicago is coming down uh so we're gonna be doing uh shaves for movember uh for people and donating all the proceeds to uh movember uh and and the awareness of prostate cancer that's cool so that's so- a, really, a really cool event this weekend so he, what are these bottles that he painted for sale? So we're not, uh, since nobody really made any, but kind of like a charitable thing. Okay. So we're not going to be selling them. No. Okay. Okay. Maybe someday. Hopefully, maybe down the road. Yeah, the auction. That's pretty cool. Where did the proceeds go to? So we're going to Movember towards uh, prostate uh, awareness. So uh, if if you heard of Movember, I haven't. So Movember is something that started actually down in. Um, Australia and it was a couple of buddies and they decided to not to have a mustache for the whole month of November to bring awareness to prostate cancer so it's basically guys just not shaving and then people asking questions like why do you have a a mustache right now and just going into the conversation of prostate cancer and and then you could uh, donate money to it Hmm. so it's a really really cool cause that's cool man see again you guys are always doing something that's awesome uh, for a good cause or for a good story or just you're, you're just having fun, man. That's awesome to see. Um, that's there's cool. a lot of cool things going on. I, this past weekend, we um, got a bunch of shirts uh, made for our veterans and uh, says on the back, Treaty Oak salutes our veterans and then has our flag on one side, the American flag on the other. It was a really cool shirt. Uh, maybe I'll have to send you some of those. I was going to say, man, I, I need to uh, – where do I go buy some of these? Yeah, I I think I'll have to send you a few of those. They're really cool, and especially with all you guys. Yeah, I, I think I'll have to send you a few. That's cool, man. Well, we're glad to be working with you guys. Uh, more than just uh, you know working with us with Rackhouse, uh, we've uh, we've definitely made some 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 true lifelong friends uh, down there. I, I truly consider all of you guys uh, more than just you know I guess business partners in, in the sense of collaboration, but more as a friends uh, that we've that we've come to develop, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, I so, think me and you talk a lot more than just about business. So yeah, I would consider yeah, us really good friends. We do. It's uh, it's like ninety five percent non most of the time. We end up talking completely different, whether it be our baseball backgrounds, 
um, or various things about life. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget our conversation sitting on the picnic table outside of the restaurant uh, just talking about life, man. That's what it's all about, brother. That's exactly what it's all about. Yeah. Well, for anybody listening to this that uh, that wants to go check out Treaty Oak, if you're down in the Austin area or even in the San Antonio area, it's not that far of a drive. Uh, to take a trip over there to Dripping Springs. Type it into Google. Uh, it's a beautiful place. You'll pull in and uh, you'll feel just like family like we did. Um, I have no doubt about that. I actually had a chance to go around and talk to I like to do that. Uh, if there's a tasting, I like to go around and talk to some of the visitors that are there. And even when I was there, they had no idea who I was or what I was there for. And uh, they all said the same thing um, and how awesome of a place it was and, and how they keep coming back. Uh, and they take their families there. One lady, I, she said, you know, she brings in her families. Uh, she brings her family member there if they come from out of state. This is, that's the place that they go to. You get really good Texas food, Texas whiskey, and, and also obviously the experience and the atmosphere, which is ultimately the most important. So um, go down there, reach out to any of those guys. They'll take care of you. Um, as always, go to rackhousewhiskeyclub.com and try out uh, this Ghost Hill bourbon, Red Handed, and some other cool little gifts that they'll throw in. Um, we're really excited about that. So, yeah, definitely come see us, guys, and just uh, ask for me. Yeah, ask for Matt. This dude's always helped, always helpful. Uh, and if he if he's too busy helping somebody else, he'll find somebody to help you out. I know that for sure. So hopefully uh, we'll get down there soon again, brother, and we'll be able to catch back up again in person. Yeah, Danny, hope to see you soon. All right, buddy. Thanks. Take care.